What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Kicks and Picks Podcast. We have an awesome episode for you today. A very special guest, our friend Matt Santangelo. He is going to help us break down the Milan Derby Inter against Milan. Uh, you're also here with Coach Steven Scotty. But Matt, thank you so much for joining us. What's going on? How are you feeling? I'm doing pretty well, guys. It's, uh, it's a pleasure to be on your podcast. Thanks for having me on. Thank you for coming, boys. Uh, spirits are low here after uh, after the games this week. Um, I'm oh, seeing man. a bunch of loser teams over here between Roma and, and Lazio <laughs> and Liverpool and Milan. I don't know who's in the worst position right now uh, in, in just the immediate like losses. But yeah, I mean, there's always next week, right? And there's always a chance to bounce back, even though Scotty will later allude to not believing in my team. But we'll get there later. Yeah, I think the good news is like we've all are been fans of our teams long enough that this is not exactly unfounded territory for us it's very familiar feeling I mean I know Liverpool fans have been pretty high and mighty in the last three or four years but for those who remember the Hicks and Gillett era or even like when uh you know King Kenny's second tenure as manager it's it's been some rough times in the not too distant past so yeah so I'm gonna survive I'm going to segue right into that, man. So we got Matt here with us, uh, Inter and Milan. Uh, we're talking about low spirits. Uh, even though they're coming off of a, a hell of a season last year, a, a big, big Scudetto victory, um, Milan hasn't looked so good in recent weeks. So, Matt, I mean, just just hit us with your immediate thoughts, dude. What's What the hell's gone wrong since the restart? A lot has gone wrong. And I think, you know, we can kind of wind the clock back a little bit to – I guess before the World Cup break, right? Because I think, you know, everyone's talking about this horrific start to 2023 and that's that's valid, right, to, to be saying that. But I think, you know, there were results in the buildup to the international break that um, kind of started to, started to kind of crack a little bit with this team, right? I was like, okay, Milan are in a good spot. They're five, six points off the top. Okay, fine. They'll get some guys back and then they'll be in a position where they can make a run. But they had some results in the buildup to that to that break. You know, they lost to Torino in the league. Um, they tied Cremonese. I know Cremonese is doing well in the, in the Coppa Italia. So and maybe it's – but they don't have any, like, league wins, right? So that's a team that, you know, if you're the defending champions, I think you have to get that result there, right? And then they barely skated on by Fiorentina. They had a late bounce that, that Oscar Franks swung into the, to the box. Um, and they got a goal, right? So that could have been a tie there, right? But – the general feeling was, let's get to international break. We don't have many Italian players, of course, or, or Serie A players. Um, you're going out on duty, right? Because uh, obviously Italy, Italy didn't make the World Cup. So you're between Sandro Tonali, between you know, Davide Calabria, Florenzi, you know, Ismail Benacer, Mike Magnon's injured. They would get back into full swing and, and start 2023 on the right foot. And that was far from the case, right? Yes, they did beat Salernitana. Obviously, as results have shown since then, the Roma game, I think, was the biggest turning point for them. Um, up 2-0, flying after the Pobega goal. And then you can see two goals via set pieces, which has been an Achilles heel for them. And I know it's been a strength for Roma. And really, since then, I think they've capitulated. Uh, the, there's lack in confidence from both the players, the fan base. The coach can't seem to push the right buttons when choosing players. So th this has been a culmination of things. And to top it all off, we just wrapped up the January transfer window. And the only guy they brought in was a young goalkeeper that won't see the light of day at this club anytime soon. So it's kind of a weird spot for Milan to be in. Yes, they're getting guys back, but the results haven't been great. And they have some difficult matches coming up. 
Yeah, and I think for me, it's not even just the results, but how those results have played out, especially yeah. late. I mean, the the Roma match, speaking as a, a Roma fan, 2 nothing down, I did not expect to get anything out of that match when they did. Um, but then looking at the last two weeks, seeing them give up four to Lazio and then five to Sassuolo is just incredible to me. Nine goals. Even before that, it, but even before that, they were two nil down against Lecce away. Yeah. North of oh, Lecce. that's right. Yep, they were down. Yeah. If you're serious, you got to go and, and and take care of that team, or at the very least, get a get a result. They were down two zero quickly, and that game could have been four five. And if it wasn't for two couple two goals in the second half, that could have been a loss. And then they got absolutely smacked by Inter in. The Super Cup. So, like, you kind of throw everything together. This team's conceding goals at an alarming rate. And what was once their strength, the backbone that led them down the stretch to the Scudetto last year, they can't defend. They can't They can't stop anything. So, there's, there's nothing going right for this team right now. So, Matt, how much of that do you put on the defense versus the goalie? We know, obviously, uh, Manjan has, has been hurt, and that's, you know, very clearly having an effect. Um what what do you what do you make of it? Is it is it fifty fifty or is is one of those areas a little more to blame than the other? I mean, look, when you put Tatu Rusanu in net instead of Mike Magnon, who was the goalkeeper of the year at Serie A last year, I I consider him if not top five, a top ten keeper in world football. Um, so I mean, when you kind of go from him to a veteran journeyman goalkeeper in Tatu Rusanu, there's going to be natural regression, and I think fans and everyone could understand that. Um, there's very rare that you have a team out there that has two premium top goalkeepers where you could slide that next guy in and more or less, you're not going to skip a beat. But I think, you know, Magnon does so much for the organization of the team, you know, being able to look back and say, okay, Magnon's got us. He can distribute, he can pass the ball deep. We saw him do that a couple of times last year where he's a source of chance creation. And when you have Tatu Rusanu, it's like, you, you know, you're walking on eggshells. Like you're afraid, like, is this guy going to do the job or is he going to bleed in goals? We, we have to be inch perfect. We cannot put a foot wrong because this guy is going to bleed in goals. And I actually found a stat too. He, he's letting in a goal, basically every shot that comes his way, which is crazy to me. Brutal. That, I think there's a stat on football reference. It's a website. And I think there's, he's in like the top five of goalies as far as like, like shots, goals per shot attempt. So he's at like, it's like next level bad with him. And when you kind of do that with the delicate moment of, of some of the defenders not playing well, you have a disaster and that's, that's what they're in here right now. Gotcha. No, I appreciate that breakdown. Um, so the next question we have for you and it, it's, it's not, I mean, it's specific to Milan, but it's, we're going to throw a little bit of, of everything in there. Um, all of said, Money's been an issue, right? Uh, we're, we've been seeing all these graphics, right? The the transfer window just closed. We're talking about Chelsea out, spent, you know, every other league put together or something like that. Um, so the money hasn't been there, right? They Milan has a lot of injuries. Uh, we expected them to maybe bring in a little bit of outside help. You mentioned it was just a backup goalkeeper. Zaniolo was rumored for a while. That didn't happen. So since it didn't come through the market, uh, what does uh, what does Pioli have to do to to figure this out to turn this around? Or you know, is it enough for him to to make some of these adjustments with the squad that he has? Well, I think. Look, I mean, if you think if 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 you're looking at the squad and you're going to say that oh everyone's playing poorly, he's got to switch this guy, switch that guy. I don't necessarily agree with that because I think you know good players can play poorly that that happens you know that's just part of that's part of sports right so when you look at the who's the who's playing there tomori is is he's not a crummy defender he's a very good defender 
Pierre Kalulu, though very young, still developing, is a is a solid defender. That those two had so many were so largely credited with a lot of the clean sheets they had down the stretch last year. Teo Hernandez is not the same player that we saw, you know, pre World Cup. Olivier Giroud, I know he had a good match on the weekend for for what it's worth. You know, he was pretty involved. He's probably the best player on the field for Milan. He hasn't been the same player. It's been swing the ball out wide to Leao and hope that he can beat two, three guys for a goal or create a chance. And that's what Milan are relying on right now. But the collective performance isn't there. And I don't think it's necessarily down to just stripping this this roster and getting everyone in there. I think there's certain things that Pioli can do in the interim to help unlock this team a little bit and give them confidence. Um, The goalkeeper situation is is a tricky one because – on one hand, Tate Rusanu is doing absolutely dreadful in there. So do you go to a kid you just brought in and expect him to save the day? I don't know. That feels like it could be the answer because at this point, it might be better than what you have. But I think it, there's a couple things that Pioli can do right now. He has to give CDK, Charles de Quetelar, the big summer signing, a little bit more leeway, a little bit more freedom, right? And what I mean by that is, he prior to the game against Sassuolo on the weekend, he didn't make a Serie A start since October against Empoli. So then, what you do is you start him in this game, and then you take him out at the at the midway point for forty five minutes. Like, what's the reasoning behind that? You're down three one. You need goals. You need creation. You need life in the attack. So you take him out. You put Leao in instead of taking out Rebic, who's on a yellow card and hasn't provided anything. And then why do you? Why do you not start Leao in a game? You have to win these games. Like, every game is vital. You need to turn this around. He's just not pushing the right button. So I think, for one, CDK has to be in there. Two, revert to a three-man midfield. I think Milan's midfield is getting completely overrun, Tonali included. Um, Benacer, of course, he picked up an injury, and he didn't even play last week. He was suspended. That's just Milan's luck. It feels like it's never-ending with this club. So now you have to have numbers in the midfield or else I think Inter are absolutely going to run rampant and they're going to dominate the midfield this weekend. And I think that those two are, are, are places to start. But I think over tinkering and, you know, not letting CDK play, you know, putting this player like Pobega in there when you know he's kind of not there yet. Um, Gabia as well. I, I just don't understand playing Gabia over a guy like Malik Chow, who in the moments he has played this year as a young player, he offers something different. He's a big physical defender. He's good in the air. He's he's a little bit quicker. We know what Gabby is. He's not it. You have to go at least something that's that's a little bit more refreshing that can give this team a little bit more confidence um, defending, yes, but also in the other departments I mentioned. I think that's fair. Um, so, you know, we, we spoke a little bit about the differences between last year's squad and this year's squad, some of the players who aren't performing. Um, the one thing that's going on in their favor is it's it's pretty much a dogfight for the top four, right? All, all the teams uh, around, with the exception of Napoli, kind of in that same boat, right? There, we'll win a game, we'll lose a game, we'll draw a game. Nobody really wants to take this Champions League qualification uh, and run with it. So, right now, uh, between places two and six, there's there's what coach two, three or four points separating us if that i don't even know that yeah, it's that I much even, i don't even think it's that much let me double check uh we got inter on 40 in second place lazio Atalanta, milan on 38 roma on 37 so three points between second and so sixth th- three points separating two and six uh right now milan is minus 155 to make the top four those are the same odds as Atalanta, roma and lazio um so they're all Pretty much the same, same money, same favored by the sports books. Inter is minus three hundred. So, um, right now they're telling us, hey, Napoli and Inter, the two locks to make top four. How do you feel about this team's chances to beat out 
Roma, Lazio, Atalanta, or, or at two of those three to make this top four? Um, I think it's definitely possible. I just I, I think that there's still a good chance for them to salvage the season. It's crazy because the way they have been playing has been so dreadful. But to your point, their numbers you just broke down, like they're still a top four team on paper, at least. Um, and there's what, 19 games left in the season, give or take. So yep. there's a lot of opportunity there for them to get back on track. Um, but I think at some point, you know, you have to start to see that 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 switch in character, that switch in mentality, like like, okay, let's let's we have to take control back of the season because quickly you can go into this intergame and you can get absolutely destroyed. And where are you coming back from that? Now, this is a match that is typically derbies are one off games. Regardless of form coming in, you know, you, we've seen how many times Roma's playing well, Lazio playing not playing well, Lazio comes in and they convince and they play really well, and then vice versa. These yep. derbies are, they can, they can, they could either be a launching off point for clubs, or they can be something that completely puts you down in the dumps and really is something that defines the rest of the season. So, with all that in mind, given Milan's form that we've talked discussed here and unpacked, but also the way that Inter have kind of not taken off as well they had a pretty poor start i think they're on what five or six losses in the league which the past two seasons combined i think they were on six or seven total so this is a team that has been losing a lot of games and they're not playing as 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 convincingly as well so i think this could be the real big moment for milan to reclaim control of their season with a win here i think it's absolutely huge because i think you're starting to turn the corner where Ibrahimovic should be coming back in a couple weeks ahead of the Tottenham game. Magnon looks like he could potentially be coming back for those uh, Champions League games as well, though the reports are saying that it could be Monza. So you get a result here. I think Milan can be okay. There's so many games left. We've seen how many times Roma slip up, Lazio slip up. Um, even Atalanta, for all the good they do in the attack, they can concede goals and they can slip up too. So I think it's going to be a scrap. I think it's going to be somewhat like we saw a couple years ago where on the final match day, there was three teams opting for the final spots. I really do think it's going to be that tight. But I think it's a testament to where this league is currently going, right? There's the cream of the crop, Napoli right now. But there's pretty pretty good depth there from, from two to six, two to seven. I mean, Juventus, because of their 15-point deduction, they would be right there too. So that would be another team that would be in that conversation. Yeah, it, it would definitely change the dynamic. It certainly would uh, make things even more complicated for teams like Milan if if Juve was there. <clears throat> um, and you mentioned Inter. They do have six losses this year, which I was surprised considering they're ahead of the others, but uh, they just draw less matches. They only have one yeah. draw and six losses. Lazio, Atalanta, Milan, four losses, Roma, five. So everybody's, everybody's dropping matches. And I'm thinking back to last year. I, th- I think it was the one of our first episodes last year when we had Alex and Martino on. And I think Milan wasn't in the greatest form at that point. And, and we were kind of tipping Inter to win that derby. And then Milan won it. And look, they rode all the way to the Scudetto. And that kind of, I think, was in some ways, and you can correct me if, if I'm wrong because you watch a lot more Milan than I do. I think that kind of set them back on the right track last year yeah. to, to clinch the Scudetto. Yeah, it was. At this point last year, they they I think it was matched at 18 to 22 or 23, which was like their their worst skid. I remember they had a like a tough defeat earlier in the year, which was like some people would consider it a robbery. The game against Betsy, if you guys recall that, where uh it was one one Macias, they instead of letting him play on, he got the goal and they said they ruled it off. And then moments later they lost to Spezia in like uh, the yeah. final yeah. seconds. Mm-hmm. So they had those losses last year, but I think the difference last year versus this year is we saw them do a lot of the fundamental things 
down to the T. They were so sharp in those things. You know, the pressing, you know, winning the 50-50 balls, the challenges, they were just a little bit quicker to them. They were a little bit sharper passing. They were not making those fatal errors that they were, that they are this year. So when those margins for top four are so fine like they are, you really can't afford to make the mistakes that they're doing. And they're doing it top to bottom in goal, defense, midfield, and an attack. So maybe this, look, if this is where Milan's, I guess, seal or the floor is for the season, I guess you'll take that. But at the same time, again, to, to, to your point, this was the fixture last year. This was around the time last year where they got a huge victory against against Inter from a losing position, if you guys yep. recall. They were down 1-0. Yeah. Yep. To Rue's double to completely like reverse the kind of the trajectory of their entire season. So it's definitely possible. I'm not completely throwing in the towel on this season, but I think something has to change and it has to change this weekend. I think it's going to be an absolute electric derby though, regardless of the form for both teams. Yeah. And just speaking to to what you were saying, how it's, it's such a one-off I'm looking at some of like the historical stats here. Milan's won their last two derbies against Inter in the league, not counting that super couple loss. If they win for the third time in a row, it would be the first time since November 2002 to February 2004, which they won four in a row. Um, they won 3-2 in the reverse fixture, and they haven't won both in a season since 10-11 under Allegri. So it just shows how hard it is for these teams to to win, even when they're doing well or, or not doing well, and find a way to win those matches. And maybe the history speaks against Milan on this one, but then again, you can buck the trend, right? So it's always interesting to see those kind of stats because it just shows how back and forth these derbies are, even when... Inter was doing really well or Milan wasn't doing well historically in that banter era. So it's interesting to see those kind of numbers. Absolutely. And I think you kind of, you know, look, you look at the, the, it's interesting, right? While Napoli soaring, you look at the state of what many would consider the main three clubs in Italy, right? Historically, when you look at who is leading the pack in Italy, it's Juventus, Milan, Inter, and for one reason or another, they're all kind of in a bad spot. If it's not Juventus with their entire situation going on there, it's Inter potentially losing Skriniar for free, not able to spend under Zhang. And now you have Milan who had this new ownership and they're not even buying players to to at least make a push to repeat. So again, it's it's really tough to kind of project how how this one's gonna go. But I think, you know, regardless, you know, as as stats show historically, you know, the games are tight, they're intense. And for one rate, one team or another, they they often tend to be something that really drives the rest of the season. So let's let's switch gears real quick, Matt. Let's talk about Inter. What do you? I mean, obviously you're you're familiar with them. You just saw them what a week and a half ago, two weeks ago, whatever it was. What do you think they're doing well? What what worries you about this team, knowing what we know about Milan and everything that you just said? You know, I think there's look. I think this this team on paper. Is, is very strong. I think they have the players in wide areas to make the difference in the wingback positions. I like DiMarco as a wingback. Awesome. I think, yeah, he's he's a fantastic player. He was someone that when he was on loan at Verona, um, he was flourishing, whether that was solely down to the coaching aspect. I know, I think Ivan Jurich was the coach at the time. Yeah. Um, you know, he he tends to, to make, make wonders from certain players, but I think there's pretty obvious DiMarco was a fine player. And you're starting to see that under um, Inzaghi this year, just steady steady diet of of deliveried uh deliveries into the into the box and when you have guys like Ed and Jekyll who get on the end of those you have guys like Latar Martinez who's still pretty good in the air and is a good finisher when in front of goal uh they do they do still pose a threat and they can do it quickly um and I think that's kind of where Milan are going to be in a really big bind this weekend is if they can't reshape and get reorganized when they're trying to push forward with guys like Leao Davide Calabria is 
he's getting overrun. Teo Hernandez, you know, we know he likes to bomb forward. If he's not getting back, they're going to be so exposed defensively. And I think there's so many different areas and paths for Inter to really put Milan in a difficult position. So um, top to bottom, the team should be performing a lot better than they are. You look at the names on the team sheet. You got Denzel Dumfries, you got Barella, you got Brozovic coming back. I know certain players in the team having uh, somewhat of a falling out, right? Because there was a report that Brozovic could go to Barcelona. Strinyar was almost going to PSG this month, right? So it's it's not a great moment for Inter. But I think at the very least, if we're talking strictly personnel, I think that Inter have in a one-off game more in the tank to 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 do what they need to do versus where Milan are at right now, where it's kind of a one-trick pony, right? Again, swing it to Leao. That's the guy that beat them heavily in the derby in the first first uh, matchup this season. So, again, I, I, Milan needs some certain answers. They need somebody else other than Leao to start doing something. And I'm hoping it's Brahim. I'm hoping it's maybe CDK. But I, I just don't know who else is going to be the source of chance creation because it's they're, they're very limited right now. They didn't do anything in the market. Tell you what, we sat here, the three of us. We had two guests last year. Uh, we have you this year. I can tell you five of us all predicted Inter to win that game last year. Uh, and all Even five Martino. of us. <laughs> yeah. And you know? all five, <laughs> and all five of us He's were negative. wrong. <laughs> so all five of us were wrong. I'm looking at the odds right now. I, I mean, obviously I don't have it from memory, but these odds were like strikingly similar to what we looked at last year in this fixture. Inter was a, a money line favorite. They're minus 105. Milan was a big underdog, plus 250. Um, do you guys, I mean, uh, I'm going to go around the horn. What, I, does anybody think Milan have a chance in this game, knowing everything Matt just said, knowing that this is a going to be a tightly contested Derby matchup and form book kind of goes out the window? Are we going to go 0 for 2? What are we feeling? Nick, so before we do that, I'll just give you the odds. I pulled up last year's doc. Um, Inter was minus 125, Milan plus 330, and the draw was plus 290. So Milan was a okay. slightly bigger underdog last year. Okay. But s- similar feel to it in terms of the way the books are seeing it. So what do you think? I think there's always a chance in a derby. I mean, speaking to the Rome derby, which is what you and I are involved in every time, right? And that's how we get to... to trash talk each other all the time. Roma had no business losing this fall to Lazio on paper. Uh, Chiro was out. Milgivit Savage was out. Roma had everything going for them, you felt like, and they lost one nothing and, and laid a complete egg. So I could see the same thing happening to Inter here. Like we mentioned, Inter hasn't been, you know, spectacular. They're not playing like Napoli is right now. If it was if it was an inform Inter like Napoli, then I'd say, you know, no way with the way Milan is shipping goals right now. But all it takes is is a piece of layout magic or something, or someone finds a goal and then gets into on the back foot, and, and you never know what could happen. Now, if you ask me to put a bet on Milan right now, I, I don't think I could do that because they're just conceding way too many goals for my liking. But derbies, like Matt said, they're always a one-off fixture. It almost you kind of throw form out the window. Scotty, what do you think? Yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, you guys said it like we've we were in the same position like this time last year, all five of us were certain that based off of form and the way that everything had been going inter was a, a lock. But I think if I were to take something away from that, like coach said, it's a derby, anything can happen. If I'm looking at what I, what I would bet in this, what my quote unquote best bet would be. I think the team total for inter over one and a half makes a lot of sense just with the way that Milan has been shipping goals. 
you know, obviously five against Sassuolo, four against Lazio in recent weeks. And then last time they faced them in the, um, in the cup, it was three Inter heads three. Right. So yeah, three. yeah, I think that's, if, if the odds are the same at minus one Oh five, it's, that's probably the pick for me. I'd, I'd, I'd hedge towards inter team total versus inter money line. And I I'm, I'm with you guys there. I think inter win the match. I think, um, over two and a half looks great. Minus one thirty. Uh, like I alluded to, Milan has been absolutely bleeding goals. Uh, what nine in the last two matches? Inter's been scoring for a change. Um, I I'm shocked that the number's that low. And I always say in a matchup like this, it's gonna take two goals to win. So I think Scotty's on point saying Inter over one and a half. They get two. I think somebody needs two. I think another team scores. There could be more goals. I think two and a half for me is the bet. Um, and Matt, I'll leave it up to you, man, with, with closing thoughts on if who's going to win this matchup and how are they going to do it? Man, this one's listen, it's, it's, it's because of the, the, the standalone aspect of this match and a derby, um, I think it's actually going to be a draw and that's, that's, and that's like the, the, the that's the cop out. No, prediction. it's okay. And I think right. Nick and I would love the draw as Roman Lazio fans. <laughs> of course, right? I mean, you would love for them to just like, completely exhaust all resources, be like one of those like really excruciatingly tough uh, tough matches for 90 minutes. Um, I I think the the biggest thing that Milan need from this more than anything else, a win would be fantastic, yes. But they just need like a good collective 90-minute performance. They need something that can say, "Hey, like we can, we can lean on this right now." And in many ways, what we saw with Roma against Napoli, they lost, right? They lost, but they played a damn near good game. You know what I'm saying? Like they played a very strong game against a team that good. If Milan are able to put a really good 90 minutes in and they get a draw, I think you can really look to that and say, "Okay, like I feel like we're back now. Milan can get back on track. Maybe not fully back to being where they want to be." But you have something you can kind of gravitate towards and say, like, we could put this 90 minutes. We, we have it in us to do this. So let's go for the rest of the season. This is what we're going to put out there. So I think it's going to be a uh, a 1-1 draw. I think there's going to be a good amount of chances for both teams. I do think that these teams are going to step up because it's a very important fixture for that top four conversation and for the rest of the season for both clubs. So I'm going to go 1-1. So and if I you think like too, I'm, I was going to say, Nick, I think too, if Inter really wins emphatically, like they did the Super Cup a couple weeks ago, it could really derail Milan's season in terms of top four. Champions League is, is around the corner in a week and a half after this. It could really put them in a really precarious like they situation. Smell, they, you, they smell blood in the water here. Like yeah. they just, they, they just did it a couple weeks ago. And now they're thinking yeah. like, let's make it hurt. Let's do it again. And yeah. mm-hmm. you can really send Milan into a bad spot between the result, between potential sacking of the coach, though we don't know how that's going to go, right? But, yeah, this is this is a real important important match, it goes without saying. All right, so if we trust in Matt, which I have no reason not to, uh, a couple <laughs> bets we can make based on what he said. Milan, draw no bet, is plus 165. So if Milan gets the win, you're positive. A draw doesn't hurt you. Um Milan double chance is minus 130. So that's a Milan or tie is a winner. So you're turning that one point into a, a winning wager. Um, and then the draw itself, if you want to go crazy, plus 245. So not bad numbers. I think that double chance at minus 130 is pretty damn attractive. I think that 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 over one and a half, though, team total over. I think that's 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 an interesting one because uh, I see all I see is a penalty happening early. And then there you go. Right. It's yeah. 
That's intriguing. Yeah, for, I'll, I'll consider thing, that. And that, that's that's not something I normally do is bet on my team. But <laughs> but you know, we're talking money here, so maybe, hey. maybe I, I I go for it. Yeah, and it's plus 180 Milan team total. If you think they might be able to to get two in and maybe it's a two-two draw type match, that that that's a good payout for two two goals on a, yeah. a team like Milan. Listen, man, it takes two goals to win. I'm telling you, in this match, no matter what. Um, you know, the, the lines aren't out yet on it, but one one last question I want to ask you, Matt. What's what's um Milan's propensity to to get cards? How are they doing in that department? I mean, I know a cagey match like this, I always kind of like to take the over in, in yellow cards or in cards in, in general, but the number will probably be pretty damn high. Um, are, are they well disciplined or is that not something we should be looking at? They're not well disciplined right now. Um, and you kind of look at how this, the nature of some of the players in their squad are. I mean, Teo Hernandez, Denzel Dumfries, they've had their battles many times. And Teo Hernandez, for as good as he is, he's almost like this match. It's like he's probably going to get a yellow card, yeah. even if it's a tactical yellow card. Oh, yeah. right. Um, and then you have the defenders. If they're getting overrun, pulling the guy down. So I think it's in the midfield, a very scrappy game in the trenches of the midfield. So I think, you know, I don't have the number in front of me, but I think yeah. there's going to be cards. It's going to be card heavy. Unless the ref absolutely lets them play and yeah. gives them the rope, yeah. I think there's going to be a lot of cards in this one and a lot of tactical fouls and trying to slow the pace down for one team or the other. Yeah, that's always the risk with the cards is the ref, right? Uh, we yeah. saw Roman Napoli. Nick and I were texting, like, how's there not more cards in this match? And yeah. the ref's kind of letting a lot go. And then Follow I Follow the at, whistle and you're like – yeah. Yeah, last week against Sassuolo, Milan, I just counted seven cards. So it all a lot depends on the ref. There was yeah. a, yeah, that was they had a lot of cards too that were kind of picked up because of uh, frustrations. They were down, yeah. they were shoving yeah. and fights, mm-hmm. and then here comes a couple of yellow cards. One guy gets it, another guy gets it. And you're like, that's two right there. So yeah, yeah, yeah. it's 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 definitely a, a, an interesting uh, interesting thing to maybe potentially bet on. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna keep an eye on that line for sure. Say there's 69 cards for uh, Milan this season in 27 games, so better than three a game. Okay, so we will be looking at team total for Milan in cards and game total. Love it. So, Matt, that's going to wrap it up, man. We really appreciate you coming on, joining us, breaking all this down. Please uh, let all the listeners know who you are if they're unfamiliar, where they can find you, what else you're up to. Sure. You guys can follow me on Twitter at Matt underscore Santangelo, um, co-host of State of Play podcast. You guys can follow us there at State of Play pod. I do weekly streams with uh, Martino Puccio. Of course, you guys had on as a guest. Um, guest. He, does trem- he does tremendous work. He's he's churning out content, TikTok, Instagram. So, um, yeah, make sure just you follow me on Twitter again at Matt underscore Santangelo. Anything I'm working on, any articles for Football Italia, any um, radio appearances, Sirius XM. Talk sport. I'll uh, I'll be sharing on that on my Twitter account. Awesome, man. Thank you again. Really appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Have a good evening. All right, boys. We let Matt go. Let's get into a quick buy or sell because other than this derby, we have a couple of other great games on the docket. Big one is in England. We have Tottenham taking on Man City. Tottenham, while not playing all that well, have definitely been that bogey team for City under Pep. Um, so I'm sorry, Scott. Is that five, three, and one for City or five, for three, one for Tottenham? Tottenham. Last five, three, games. and one for Tottenham against City in their last nine games. So four game winning streak at home. Bayern are selling Tottenham, helping Arsenal in the title race and taking points in this matchup. 
I think I'll buy it. I mean, it, the tough thing right now is Conte is may not be on the sideline because he's had surgery for some issue with a spleener or kidney this 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 week. So uncertain if he's going to be available to to coach. But it, it's a weird one because we've talked about City's weakness all season long, being the, their ability to defend, and they've been playing, you know, Nathan Ake and, and James Akanji as you know key center halves or, or defenders for the bulk of the season. And now they've just sold Yao Cancelo, who was arguably one of the best left backs in England, if not in Europe for the last you know two years to, to Bayern. So I don't see that getting any better. On the flip side, you know, Spurs have been, you know, stocking up on offensive weapons for the better part of the last two years. They're finally getting healthy and they definitely have gelled pretty well. Uh, we had Sun as a, a prop bet anytime goal scorer last weekend. He put in two, so he's getting a little bit more of a rhythm going. I think this is one where Tottenham kind of has all their offensive firepower working for them and, and they can get some goals. And the question is, you know, can, can Holland and De Bruyne keep up with that? So I, I think it, it definitely seems like a game where the, there's going to be lots of goals. I think the, the total over three and a half right now um, is it's plus money, but the fact that they're setting it at three and a half kind of shows you, you know, where they expect the game to go. And if it becomes one of those like shootout games, I, I think Tom has every bit of, of firepower to, to keep up with city. So I, I yeah. think it's definitely possible. I'm sorry, guys. Where are my manners? Man City minus 145. Tottenham is plus 350. Draw no bet plus 235. Double chance plus 110 for Tottenham. Like that a lot. Um, and as Scotty mentioned, over three and a half is plus 145. And uh, that City team total of over two and a half is actually plus 185. So, Coach, are you buying Tottenham to get some points in this bad boy? So just to update, I just double checked the lines. The city line moved to minus one thirty-five now. So in just just about twenty-four lines hours. moving as yeah. we record. Um, I'm going to not say anything yet because I have a pick in this match, and I will talk about it when we get to our locks. Which okay. is exactly why he knows the lines are moving because he wants to make sure he gets the proper credit. Yeah, for his I hope he wants yes. the <laughs> exactly. Scott, looking for the best odds. You mentioned all the firepower is back. Is our boy Richarlison available for this game? Um, that's actually a good question. I'm not sure if he is back. I can look that up, but the question is whether he's going to start anyways, even if he is available is remains to be seen because sure. Cool. has been cooking. He's been creating lots of opportunities. Yeah. Like I said, with son scoring on the weekend, I think he'll probably be in line to, to start. And in a big match like this, you know, Harry Kane is going to be there. So. so I'm just saying, isn't it, wouldn't it be poetic if like Richarlison comes off the bench against city doesn't have a goal yet this season and dude scores like a winner or some shit like that. Yeah, uh, it's totally feasible. And you know, Richarlison loves to step up in these big moments. I mean, he was doing pretty well in for Brazil in the World Cup. So it's not a stage that would you know intimidate him or, or you know, cause him to shrink at all. It looks like he is potential return is this weekend. He's being assessed yeah. and it's a 50-50 according to Physio Room. So okay. TBD yeah, on whether he, was, he, he played it. off the bench the last three league uh, fixtures, right? He just skipped out in the FA Cup, I, I guess. Yeah, so... Okay. It looks like he should be available at least off the bench, which is probably where what makes right. the most sense for him. So I'm going to buy this. Uh, I'm going to buy it the same way that I think I'm buying Milan with the double chance. I'm liking these double chance lines in big games like this. Uh, you know me. I always like the underdog in a, in a big match. I think plus 110 is a very solid number. City hasn't looked all that great. Really? I mean, just, yes, they they have, but they really haven't. I can't remember the last time I watched them and was super-duper impressed. 
Tottenham are maybe starting to figure it out. I think they have to make top four. Or it's top four really bust for a lot of players on the team and for Conte for certain. Saying the manager. Yeah. Yeah. No, there's no question about it. I mean, um, and he has to prove it. And this to me is a game where he proves it or he could prove it. I'm not, you know, I think he, he wants to prove it. Um, so to speak, right. He wants to prove that he's the guy. So I like that double chance of plus plus one ten, which means I am buying them to get a point in this game at least. Yeah. You got to stay tuned. Cause again, I don't know. He's obviously recovering right now. So I don't know how involved he is in training leading up to the, to the game. Yeah. And if he'll be on the sidelines, I think remains to be seen. So it's one to keep an eye on, but I think either way, you know, even if he doesn't, it's almost like one of those morale things where it's like, let's win one for the gaffer type yeah. deal where yeah. they come out flying and, and city just don't know what, what hit him. For sure. All right, coach. So we're going to go to your league next. We're very uh, rare for us, but we're going to go coach worldwide to Germany only because there is a team in free fall. We have Wolfsburg taking on league leaders, Bayern Munich, Bayern 2023. They have started off with three straight draws, all one, one, um, their lead is now just down to one point and only five points separate them from sixth place. Eintracht Frankfurt buy or sell Bayern getting three points at Wolfsburg, getting that title defense back on track. Minus 175 favorite Wolfsburg plus 360 over three and a half is plus 110. I'll get into the futures in a, in a second, but what do you guys think about this match? Yeah, I mean, this is this is an interesting one because Bayern, right before the World Cup break, had started to pull away a little bit. And you're like, oh, here goes the Bundesliga again. It's going to be a Bayern runaway yet again, especially with Dortmund kind of down this season. And now all of a sudden, you look at the standings and Bayern's on 37 through 18 matches and Union is up to 36. They've kind of picked it back up. Uh, Leipzig, 35. Dortmund, 34. Freiburg, 34. And Eintracht, 32. Uh, so that's the top six. So all those teams are in contention for Champions League. All of them technically in contention for the title, which I I probably wouldn't go past the top four for titles in terms of like names and, and how teams are set up, but it's really gotten very interesting. It kind of almost makes Serie A get put to shame with how tight it is two through six. This is one through six. I don't know how much I buy Bayern right now, um, especially at a number as big as minus 175. I, I think they're struggling. Wolfsburg is coming off a loss against Werder Bremen, which was disappointing last week, cost me a, a win is they only scored one goal and I had them team total over one and a half, but they've been scoring a bit. So I think Byron could be, you know, in danger on the road of another draw possibly. So this is what I'll say before Scotty goes. Wolfsburg had two games where I think they scored five and six goals back to yeah. back. That was sandwiched around three losses. So they lost last week. They lost the two games prior, prior. To, those, to those goal scorers. So, um, you know, I, I don't I don't necessarily know that they're a team that can be counted on. Scotty, what's your take on this one? My take is I would have to buy Bayern in this, but I don't like buying them at the price given their current form. So yeah. I, I probably stay away. Uh, I don't know enough about Wolfsburg. Gun to my head, I don't think I could name a player on Wolfsburg. Yeah. So I, I don't want to put my money on that team. And at the same time, if there were a little bit better odds on Bayern, then maybe it's worthwhile. But yeah. with the form that they're in, it's I think at minus 180 money line, it's too much of a risk. So, Scotty, I will ask a more you question, maybe a more you and I question. Let's talk about the Bundesliga futures. So, Bayern is minus 1,000 to, to win the league. Red Bull, plus 900. Dortmund, plus 2,000. Union, plus 4,000. Some of these other guys, plus 8,000. Is there a team that you would put a future on? Any team? 
I mean, it, you're not obviously like anybody that's listened to us, you're, you're not putting anything on Bayern because that's just a waste. So who do you think would have the best shot? I mean, it's kind of interesting. I mean, I, I don't see a union is plus 4,000. That one's intriguing. Although I think um, the ISCO transfer has fallen through. So I think if they've gotten ISCO, that would have been a little interesting uh, twist in the, the title chase here. But if you're looking at teams, it's got to be Dortmund probably at plus 2000. They're getting Holler back who missed the first half of the season with his treatment for cancer. So you know, that's an extra offensive weapon that they can use to chase down Bayern. And if Bayern is motivation, have, yeah, if Bayern is going to struggle, struggle and, and drop points with draws, then you're going to need a team that's going to be scoring two, three goals a game to get certain wins to, to kind of overtake them. So I think if I'm putting money on one, it'd be Dortmund, but I'm not like running out to the books to make sure I get this line at plus 2000 before it changes. All right, coach. I know you're rooting for somebody else to win the league, right? Like probably the rest of us neutrals. Where would yeah. you put a future? I mean, the numbers are just so big on a team like Union, who's been pretty consistent this season that they're very tempting at plus 4,000, obviously based on, you know, player uh, name recognition and, and you know, recent history. Leipzig and, and Dortmund are probably the, the safer choices, which is why they're plus 900, plus 2,000 versus Union at plus 4,000. You know, Bayern is still the favorite for a reason, but I think minus 1,000 is a big number when the league is so tight. So if you want to take a shot on one of these teams just because you, you know, and you don't even have to put a lot of money when the team is plus 4,000, right? You you could put a couple dollars down, you know, and you're going to win a decent amount of money. Um, I almost think one of them would be worth a shot if you just happen to like one of these teams. Um, personally, I've been riding Union a lot this year, and I think – you know, they, all these teams have European commitments coming up, which is what makes it interesting for a team like Union because we saw in the Europa League they weren't that great. They finished second in their group behind. Yeah. Uh, they have to like squeak. Belgium. They have to squeak yeah. it out, right? Squeak like, it out um, behind a team from Belgium. So they're. I don't know if they're built for two fronts. They might be better off just losing in the next round of the Europa League and, and being done with it if they're going to really compete with Bayern the rest of the way. Um, but Leipzig's really starting to turn it on. They've been more impressive. Dortmund, like Scott said, is getting people back. So yeah. if you like any of those three it might be worth a small, a small sprinkle if you're, you know, tempted. Be assertive guys. It's absolutely worth it. It is absolutely yeah. worth it. These, two, especially the two teams, Leipzig and Dortmund plus 900 plus 2000. They live in the realm of kicks and picks podcast future, like glory, right? It's exactly where we want to see the numbers. Is it realistic? Maybe, maybe not, but they're the numbers you want to see for teams that can pull it off. It's it's numbers where you can lock up money and not feel like shit about it. I'm rooting for both of these teams. I might put a little down on both of them. I was just going to say, you they, could put a little on both because the number's yeah. so big. If one of them hits, you're more than that, making your money back. No, on no doubt about it. I, I don't know that it's going to happen, but I think the disparity in the lines don't quite make sense for where the league is halfway through the season. I wouldn't advise I, you staying away from Leipzig. I don't think there's any point in putting money. Yeah, I like Dortmund more. I think Dortmund's starting to come on. Uh, they got coach's boy Gio Reyna scoring fucking wonder goal after wonder goal every week. So that's definitely important. And so much of, of what Leipzig are doing are based around in Kunku. And now that he's got his transfer, yeah, like I don't right. know that he's going to be super committed to trying to get a, a title for, for Leipzig. I think he's probably more concerned with making sure he stays healthy and is ready for his Chelsea sure. debut in six sure, months. Sure, sure. I think that's fair. Well, all right. That, that's going to wrap up by yourself. Let's get on to our hat trick of picks, our locks of the week. Uh, 
500 last week, guys, probably our worst week in quite some time. We were four, four and two, uh, but we are still 115, 68, 12 on the season. We are up just under 40 units. Game of the week is 12, three and three. We are up about seven units there. So let's get back on track. Another five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 win week. Scotty, start us off. Yeah. So I just mentioned Chelsea and, and, and Kunku and, Chelsea just wrapped up a, a spending spree that would make previous owner Roman Abramovich blush. It's been an insane amount of money splashed out in the last, you know, eight months. I think it's around 650 million euros, which is uh, you know, obscene uh, to say the least. Uh, and a lot of that's been about strengthening their midfield and adding weapons to that front line. Uh, we've often criticized their ability to score. They've addressed that in spades. So what I like this weekend is Chelsea versus Fulham, both teams to score. Yes, that's minus 110. Uh, Yao Felix still going to be suspended for this one, picked up a red card in his debut. But uh, Murdick, who came on, the Ukrainian who came on against Liverpool, looked like he was like the best player on the pitch. Uh, I think it's only a matter of time until he scores. He could probably score this one. So maybe check our props on Patreon to see what we'd like in that game. Um, but Beyond just that, they're also getting potentially Reese James and Ben Chilwell back uh, from injury in this one, who have been huge offensive uh, contributors as wingbacks for Chelsea in recent months and almost two seasons now. So I, I like Chelsea getting on the score sheet here and look, Fulham have a lot of firepower. You know, Mitrovic has been Mr. Automatic. Uh, and this is a Chelsea squad that's still going to be gelling. So I think there's opportunity for Fulham to hop on either miscue, mistake, or just, you know, a lack of communication between you know players. So I, I like both teams to score here. I think you'll probably get at least one from each, if not a couple. Um, it's minus 110, so easy pick for me. Love it. Yeah, I like it. They played recently 2-1 Fulham win. That was a game, actually, Jao Felix got the red card, and, and Mitrovic didn't even play that match. I think he was suspended for yellow cards, and they still were able to put up two. So definitely the potential for goals in this one, I think. Yeah, quick shot. I mean, I think we've been pretty positive towards them, but quick shout-out to Fulham, man. Coming up yes. from fucking championship, they've been awesome. Like, fun to watch. Games are always good. And shout out to Tim Ream. Tim Ream, most minutes played in the Premier League this year. 35-year-old American defender. Crushing. I mean, I think Fulham are what I thought Nottingham Forest would be in the Premier League this year. Yeah, I think that's fair. Absolutely fair. All right, so I'm going right back to where we we just were, and I am going to ride Union Berlin at minus 105 on the money line this week against Mines. Uh, Union, like I said, rounding back into form after the World Cup break, winning all four matches since the restart. Three in the league, one in the cup. Uh, meanwhile, in spite of the emphatic 5-2 win over uh, Bochum last week, Mines has really struggled for form since before the World Cup. One win, two draws, and three losses in their last six. Uh, with this being at Union, I expect them to keep up their hot pursuit of Bayern with a win at home, and and they'll, they'll be keeping the pressure on Bayern, whether Bayern win, draw, or lose this week. I think the pressure will stay on Bayern to keep the lead. Coach Worldwide. Yeah, as I say, my confidence in our picks goes through the roof when Coach Worldwide shows up. When Coach There's is no picking doubt. three games in England, I just I know it's going to be tough. <laughs> so to start out in Germany, I feel great right now. Yeah, absolutely. All right, I have to go back to basics, boys. Um, uh, I mean, it's been good to me. I am going with Lazio, uh, and I'm going with them on the money line. They're taking on Hellas Verona. They are minus 105. Now, we know they've been hot and cold, but they don't typically throw two stinkers up in a row in the league. And they had an absolute disastrous dud performance against Fiorentina last week. I expect a response. They do play in the Coppa Italia on Thursday. So I, regardless of that, 
I think Lazio gets a response in this game. I think Hellas is still hell ass. They've been better since the break, but I still think their defense is suspect. They've only faced one real test, and that was against Inter, and they lost that game. And Lazio have had a lead at half in 18 of their 20 games this season. They're plus 160 on the money line. I almost almost took that, just but I just figured like if I was going to take it, this would be the week they shit the bed. Um, but they're just about even money to get a goal in the first half. So if you like either of those bets, both very good. But I just think over 90 minutes, Lazio will get it done. The reason why I'm locking this line in now is because we saw what happened with Roma today. Um, they were coming off of a couple of, you know, rough, uh, rough loss to Napoli, I guess. Um, they, you know, you expect them to bounce back today in the Copa and absolutely destroy Cremonese. That did not happen. The line for Roma against Empoli, Roma's minus 225. So I think this line, it's not going to shift that dramatically, but I want to lock Lazio in as close to even money as I can, because if Juve destroys them, I think this line goes pretty much through the roof and, you know, they're they're going to be almost unplayable by the time we get to Sunday or Tuesday or whenever the fuck they play. What was the line prior on the Roma match? I, I don't know finish? how much it moved. I just think I, I more so expected this to be in line with what Roma was ah, was going to be. Okay, I got I'm you. sorry, I wasn't. Yeah. You know, it, it's I just the home, think, di- home away dynamic. I think keeps Lazio cl- closer to even. Could be. I mean, listen, this, this could move to 110, 120. Yeah. It could move to one fifty. I, I just, I don't want. I want to take whatever happens on Thursday out of the equation and lock them in at a number that I like. As confident as I was in coaches' picks, I mean, I'll, I'll address this after Nick gives all three. I have I have some words for Nick based off okay. of what I see on the sheet. So, okay. little teaser. But we'll segue into pick number two. For my pick number two, I'm going with Leeds United States of America, draw no bet at minus 110 at Nottingham Forest. So, yes, let's address the negatives. Leeds are going to be without their defensive anchor, Robert Cook, in because of a suspension, has five yellow cards, going to be missing this one. However, Nottingham Forest have a much longer list of absentees. They're going to be missing a number of players from injury. Um, Dean Henderson, keeper, will be missing. Uh, Musa Niakate is going to be out. Um, Chia Kuate is also going to be out midfielder. Morgan Gibbs-White also going to be out. And then we have Ryan Yates, Chris Wood, and Jack Colback, who are all questionable due to illness. So Nottingham Forest are limping into this one in every certain way that you can. Um, so I like Leeds here. They found a bit of goal scoring form of late. They've got 15 goals in their last six games. So right around three goals per game. I think they're going to get two in this one pretty easily. Uh, I think the only chance that Nottingham Forest have in this one is if new signee to replace the injured Dean Henderson, Kayla Navas has some weird godly performance in him. Then maybe this is in trouble, but at draw no bet, I feel really good about this at minus one ten. Yeah, I, I considered this one, and then then you took it, so uh, I, I I like it. Got to act fast. All right. So the reason I didn't weigh in on the Man City match was because I am taking Man City money line, which is now moved to minus one thirty five. It was minus one forty five when we were first started writing this document yeah. yesterday. So the line has moved in a, a good direction to take it. Um, Spurs has started to find its footing, like Scotty mentioned. Um, however, just two weeks ago they blew a two nothing lead to lose four two at City. Um, I think that should have the citizens feeling pretty good about their chances in this one. Tottenham won't make it easy at home for sure, like the guys mentioned. Uh, I think Basidi knows it needs to keep winning to stay within touching distance of Arsenal at the top. Arsenal should pick up all three against Everton the, the day before this, which puts even more pressure on City to get that three points. And I think I think they should get over the line uh, with the three points. So, Coach, in this 4-2 win that City had over Tottenham, 
Does it concern you? Actually, I think Kulisevsky was back. Was this Kulisevsky's first game back? I think it may have been. So maybe this was his first game back. All right, if he was back, then never mind. But I think this is a a slightly different team in terms of form. I know Sun was still struggling in that one. Yeah. No concerns about that? You think City are just going to... I think more the concern is that they shipped four goals after leading 2-0 in that match, I think would be the perspective where I see City able to put up goals on them. Uh, I I do think Tottenham can score. City has not, you know, looked stout defensively, but uh, Kulisevsky actually scored the first goal right before halftime, and then it was Royale uh, three minutes later, and all of a sudden it was 2-0 right at halftime. You're like, wow, this game might go Spurs' way, and then City just turned it on. Alvarez, Holland, Mares, and it was... So coaches on... City bucking the trend and getting a win at Spurs for the first time in three years. It's bold. I, bold. I think they need it more than they've ever needed it, right? In the last three years, they, they've been pretty no uh, pretty solid in the, the league table compared to right now against Arsenal. No question. Yeah, all right. All right, boys. What is the number one rule of this podcast? Yeah, it's you don't bet on Juve. What am I going to do? Yeah, you're bet about on to Juve. bet on Juve. Yeah, got to do it. Listen. We know what's going on with these guys. They just lost 2 nothing to Monza. Um, doesn't fucking make any sense. They're, they have a point deduction. The fans hate the coach. I don't know. Lots going on. And, and when a lot is going on, you rally behind the team. You don't throw up two shit performances in a row. Juve first half money line plus money plus 105. They're taking on Salernitana. That is a team that is bleeding goals. They've given up 14 goals in their last five games. Juve needs that morale boost. Um, I think this matchup is coming at absolutely the perfect time. Vlahovic should be back for this one. Chiesa is back and healthy and available for this one. Juve gets off to a quick start, plus 105 first half. Yeah, I'll have more talk words on this. Talk, no, talk I'm not going to because I, I told you I'm going to wait until the end of your picks to recap yeah. everything, and okay. then I'll talk to you. Okay. So we'll get on to pick three. Pick three, we're going to take you guys on a little time travel. October 13th, I sent a text to the group chat and I predicted that the end of Mourinho's run at Romo would begin this coming weekend with a visit from Empoli to Roma. And I said, after this dropping points to this Empoli team and a string of bad performances preceding it, the first whispers of Mourinho out would start to echo around Italy. And so here we are, (laughs) February 1st, three and a half months later, and I have to ride with this because I've been, I'm like 90% way there, right? We yeah. had Cremonese beating uh, Roma today. We had the infamous locker room picture after the defeat against Napoli um, before that. <laughs> and so, if you guys heard Matt, he was very high on the, we played Napoli really well. Scudetto yes, that Roma have won this year. So today, February 1st, you'll be listening to this February 2nd. I'm going to take Empley to get a result, which is, draw a double chance. So plus half a goal at plus 160. And listen, even if I wasn't doing this to stick with my original pick, let's talk about the fact that Empoli haven't lost a game in the league uh, to a team not named Napoli since before Halloween. They are on a streak of, I think, seven out of their last eight. They've either drew or went or won. That's unreal. They just beat Inter what, a week and a half ago. Yes, they did. So it's not just a, a spite pick, Coach. I think there's a, a lot of smoldering flames to this pick. I think we're we're really close to to getting red hot. I'm just gonna say the Mourinho out stuff is not happening in Italy. This is not Spurs. Uh, he's got he's got a lot more leash at Roma right now. I can tell you that. Um, but in terms of 
I honestly think it would have been better for you if Roma had won today than if they had oh, lost today. I think I disagree. They they become a more desperate team, and I, I think they will respond in some way because Mourinho is going to have them. That just means the Mourinho out whispers are more likely to begin than you realize. So, I like Scotty's pick. However, I like Empoli plus a goal at even money, or it was minus 105 plus 105, somewhere in that. It's minus 105, yeah. Minus 105. Empoli plus a goal at minus 105. I love that pick. I think at worst. That I, Roma, I think is a good pick because Roma doesn't score a lot of goals. I was going to say at very, very worst, Roma squeak out a one goal victory. I I, I don't necessarily see it happening. I, I'm it's, Listen, I got to ride with my boy. Scotty put it down. It's a lock. I'm with him. Roma or a fucking dumpster fire. And it took like a miraculous 93rd minute goal today to even get on the score sheet. I, I think Empoli can give them fits. I'm interested to see what happens. Balls in your court coach. I'm going back to a team that has done pretty well for us this year. And it's a team we've shouted out a few times, similar to Fulham. It's Brentford. Uh, they're minus 115 on the money line at, at home. The bees are undefeated in their last eight matches, four wins, four draws. And we'll come into this one. Well rested after having, Last weekend's FA Cup matches off. They were eliminated in the prior round. Um, meanwhile, bottom of the table, Southampton is coming off a two-match week that saw them advance in the FA Cup and be eliminated in the League Cup semis by Newcastle. I like Brentford and their fresh legs at home um, and just their better overall season they're having right now. Yeah, Southampton stink. You can just say it. They're they're not good. Yeah. So Brentford... I was surprised I think, it was only minus 115, honestly. Yeah, it's, again... It, it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense considering the form that Brentford's in and where Southampton are, but you know, there's gotta be something. I don't, I, I like the pick though. There's nothing that I would say to to steer you off of this. Cause I think it's a good, good value. Interesting because I have what I feel, what I believe to be a very similar pick. And somehow I don't think Scotty's going to get on board and that is Liverpool money line. Now I will caveat here. I am Owen one betting Liverpool this year. It was my first loss of the season. I think I took them or their team total or something. Um, so I have not had a good Liverpool track record, but they're minus one ten in the money line at Wolves. They're due, and there's nothing better for a team than being due. Pool is ultra due. They're the duest they could possibly be. Wolves technically in the relegation zone. They have 17 points, just like the team below them. Um, that's it. Technically, I, I have nothing more to say. So they are very if, technically. If the league ended today, to they would relegated. not be relegated. <laughs> but if the league ends after this game when Liverpool win on the money line, they will be relegated because there's no way that the Wolves get a result here. There's just no way. Pool might put up four or five in this one. I mean, considering Pool haven't put up four or five in the year 2023, I don't think that's really a, a big be- concern. Because they're due, Scott. It's because they're due. I just went no. through the whole analysis of, of them being due. No. I mean, the, the worst thing here about this, too, is is Kanate, who's been the best defender for Liverpool, probably even when Van Dijk was healthy, is also now hurt. So I think there's uh, – if check our prop on Patreon. I think this is another opportunity for Wolves to score first against Liverpool where it's like plus 180 or 200 or something. But Even better. Man. That suggests a phenomenal live betting opportunity for Liverpool, if that's <sighs> a fact. Nick, I just want to recap your three picks real quick, just in case Go. you want to change anything. So your three picks, you are betting on my miserable team to win. You're betting yes. on your miserable team to win, and you're betting yes. on Juve to win in the first yes. half. Yes. Three and up. It's three and up. You're talking to the guy in the podcast who's five and one the past two weeks. I am fucking red hot. Do no, not might, doubt might these say picks. You are due. No, no way. Three and a week. <laughs> three and a week. Coach, back me up here. How does Pool not win? 
<laughs> just because they've been playing like they've been playing, like Scotty said, but they should win, of course. They they should. Just like okay. Lazio should win and do, Juve do you guys not believe in Klopp? Win, right? that, are you telling me you aren't believers in Klopp? Is that what I'm uh, hearing? I am firmly believing that Klopp has made decisions to change the way that Liverpool play because of the limitations of the squad, and that is having far more impacts on their Listen, play and performance than people. I'm I'm not doubting that you are a good better that you are an excellent Liverpool fan and you know, your squad inside and out and, but you're also very pessimistic when it comes to them. You have to give them a little bit of props here. I don't care what lineup they trot out there. There's no way they fucking lose the wolves. I just don't see it. They don't have wolves to lose fucking the wolves. Terrible. They just have to draw for you to lose your picnic. And they drew wolves two weeks ago. And then they almost drew Wolves a week and a half ago, but they had a wonder goal from Harvey Elliott from 30 yards. So if you want Harvey to Elliott, on, Is Harvey Elliott going to play this game? He better play because he's been the there only player and scoring goals for them in 2023. He knows what to do. All right. Well, we will shift gears into the picks that will actually get you money, which is our pod lock of the week, which as Nick said at the top of the episode is 12, three and three and an up around seven units on the season. Six game winning streak for the pod lock game of the week. Hasn't lost in 2023. We're going to continue that streak. We have another winner for you. We are going to Italy, the Torino versus Udinese match. Both teams to score. No is minus 105 as we speak. I would lock that in right away. We know that Torino stink. They can't score goals for anything. Their defense has not been as great in recent weeks, but is usually pretty reliable. Their goalie's and, good. Good goalie. And, and if you've watched Udinese on Monday, because I had their team total as my lock, you would know that Udinese can have 28 shots on target or whatever it might be and still only generate a single goal. So assuming that they don't generate 28 shots on target in this match, there's a good chance that they don't score any goals, especially if my boy success is playing, because that dude is terrible. So the almost only dude even worse money. than him is Torino striker Sanabria, who might be the worst forward in Serie A. I, I will stand by that. And so all you need is one team to put up no goals. And let's be honest, there might be no goals in this match altogether. Even money pick. Coach, just give us a yes. Yeah, we're riding with it. <laughs> Damn Coach right. does not Thanks. like this pick. That's all I want to hear. <laughs> I just don't like sweating for no goals. That's all you know. It's Nobody likes sweat. sweating for no goals, Coach. There will be no we're sweating. going for winning picks here. It's going to be incredible when you watch success just blast the ball 20 yards wide of the post every single time, knowing that you don't have to rely on him to score you a goal. It's going to be great. I do think if it happens in a steady out match this year, uh, you know, both teams to score. No, this is this is a prime game, especially with Deo Felu out for Udinese. Yes, yes, sorely lacking. I think Pereira too, or whatever. Yeah. Um, yep. So, all right, boys, that is going to wrap it up. Awesome episode, ton of fun as always, guys. Um, if you are enjoying what you're listening to please give us a like share subscribe tell everybody about it uh patreon if you are not a member already that is available to you early access exclusive episodes written picks if you don't have time to listen and of course our extra prop bets which i want to say are up a pretty good amount since we uh started putting those out there so keep the ball rolling stay hot with us thanks for listening